afternoon, good day, good night, wherever you are. This is Unleashed Unapologetically. And with me, I have Lola Oyafemi. She is a messaging and copywriting coach. She is a wife and she's a mom. And today she's here to speak with us and tell us why she decides to provide support for female entrepreneurs who want to leverage social media attract social media and close high ticket clients without being sleazy. She's an eternal advocate of live, love, learn. And I love the part of learning because we are always on the journey to learn, right? And she also believes that to succeed, one must have the courage to take action. So here we are with you this morning. How are you, Lola? I'm doing great. Hi, Nadege, and you look awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to have you here on the platform this day. And I don't know how it is by you. By me, it's it looks like it's going to snow, but I'm just holding my breath that it doesn't because it's been snowing here and there. But how is it by you? Uh, I think we're in the hottest season right now. Everywhere is so hot. Mm. Um, for the last three days, we've all been sleeping practically outside. Oh, wow. it's <laughs> well, it's good. It's it's good to connect with nature. That I know for sure because I love nature. So, how do you love connecting with nature so far? Oh uh, well, it's been fun. Just that mosquitoes are killing. It's good. <laughs> Well, make sure you cover yourself. We put some off on, <laughs> but you know, I, I I really love the aspect of it. And as we are talking into nature, something in you loving what you do has brought me to understand that it has to do with loving nature because you you are here. You believe in living, in loving, and learning. And we're gonna come to that. Because that's one of the things that you, you you believe and you follow into. But what got you to start and to be where you are now and coaching female entrepreneurs so they too can get on that line? Okay, for me, I'd say my whole journey started with Oprah. Okay. <laughs> so growing up um, in Africa as, as a child, my mom was one of the different women there. So she was one of the women who actually believed that women could have a career outside, you know, being a wife and a mom. And where we grew up, like every girl around me was raised with that aspiration to become a wife and a mom. And I see all my friends from growing up doing the, you know, just that and not really aspiring to more. But my mom did not want me and my sister to have, to not have role models. So every evening when we come back from school, we watched the Oprah show. Like she literally made us watch the Oprah show where every other person was watching yeah, cartoons or anything, we're watching the Oprah show. So that made me, and my mom passed on when I was about 10, but that made me have, you know, a dream. Like I want to be like Oprah. And I kept on saying it, like I want to be like Oprah. And when I went to high school, I because of peer pressure, because I had really had self-esteem issues, I decided to go for sciences. And I spent the whole of high school hating biology, hating physics, barely scaling through. I wasn't like an, an F student, but I was never an A student, <laughs> but I was just average. Right. And when I finished high school, by then my mom had passed um, for about six years then. I had a stepmom and I, I had to walk up to my dad and tell him, 
I, I want to have a degree in mass communication. And it was like, you have all your, all your results, everything, they're in scientists. You have no arts background. You didn't do literature, you didn't do anything. And so I had to spend an extra year redoing those subjects. I had like some teachers on the side brushing me through so I could write the exams and go to university for mass communication. So eventually I did because I was thinking like, I really want to be like Oprah and I want to be a TV. So when I got into school, um, in my second year, I heard a voice. Now, this is not a thing. I'm a Christian. I believe in God. But that was my first time of ever hearing a voice. I heard a voice that said, there's a new radio station around you. Go there and ask them if you could work with them. And I said, I'm just in second year. I was just 18. They're like, how do I walk up to a station and say, you know, I want to work with you? And then I, I, I worked there, literally. I remember I was wearing a red top. I looked so awkward. I had this short wig to make me look older. <laughs> and I walked there and I said, you know, I want to see the general manager. I really don't know why, but, you know, the guy at the gate said, okay, and called the man. And we had a meeting and I said, I want to work with you. And, and they gave me the job on the spot. So funny story was that... Um, my husband now was my classmate and he was in charge of doing our timetable in school. So he ensured that I always had Thursday and Fridays off so I could work. <laughs> and we were not even dating then, we're just friends. But he wanted to make sure I, it didn't interfere with school. And so one day I was in class and someone called me. That's how I got in social media. Someone called me and the person that called me, funny enough, you know her, is Derry, my VA. She was my boss in radio. So she called me and she said, we need you right now at the station. And I rushed in. She said, you know what? The governor is looking for a social media assistant. And I recommended you. And I said, I don't, I did not even have a smartphone. I was using like all this, you know, Nokia phones where it was just button pressing, nothing, no internet, nothing. And I said, I don't have any experience. I said, don't worry, when you just get there, just speak well, you know, tell them you could write well. You're going to do well. And so right there in the station, um, Derry prepped me up. Um, someone packed my hair, someone did my makeup. And and they drove me. Like I was really like literally chauffeured to the governor's place. And I met with the assistant on media and I got the job. So I was working two jobs in school, one for radio and one for social media. So eventually, by the time I graduated, I didn't have an issue getting a radio job because I already had about two years experience in radio. Mm -hmm. But when I was working my radio job, um, after school, I got a job in a new station. And then I realized that I was being abused in a way. So not, no one was harassing me, but because I was young and I was a woman, a lot of things got shoved to my table. So I got to the, the company wanting to become a presenter and a talk show host and I got the job to be a talk show host. Then later they said, you know, that we really need someone in admin. And I started doing admin. Then later we really need someone in marketing. And I started doing marketing because I was, I was looking forward to having that validation. Mm -hmm. And eventually it started affecting my health. I was falling sick. I was constantly spending all my salary in the hospital. And there was no health insurance, nothing. So one day I had to ask myself, if this is what I was going to do for the rest of my life. 
because then I, I was lucky enough to see an interview and someone said, you know, to make it in media, you don't work in media, you have to own the media. And then I started saying like, Oprah, Oprah owns the media. That's why, you know, she's a big media queen. If you really want to make it in media, you don't, you don't be there like a staff and employee. You own it. It's because people who own it and people who dictate, mm -hmm. the people who say, this is what the news is going to look like. Um, this is the program we're going to have. And then you can dictate how much you make. And that got me thinking, I really need to leave this place. The more I stay here, the older I get, the harder it is for me to move. I think I was about 22 when I made that realization. And about two months later, I dropped my resignation letter. And the company said, you know, just wait, don't, don't resign. And if, but I noticed that they hired someone else who was not as qualified as me. And the person was working with me and was earning higher than me. And I felt it was because he was a man and I was a woman. So after two months down the line, a lot of things happened. I left and I started thinking, what do I do now? <laughs> because I had literally, we had, I had finished my um, contract with the governor. The governor got re-elected, so we were done. Um, my radio job just closed like that and I had nothing. So I started thinking, what do I do? And I said, you know, working with the governor, I've had some experience with marketing. And the thing about marketing is if you can market a political campaign person, because politicians, basically most of them are liars. If you can market them really well, you can really market anybody. <laughs> so I, 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 what I did first, which is something I advise anyone to do if you're just starting a business, I reached out to all my warm leads. Everyone I met in radio, I sent them a message. Hey, I just left radio. I'm starting this digital agency. If you want help with your social media, please, I'm ready to do it for you. And that's how I got my first few clients. And the reason I'm sharing this is because most people feel like I have to do a full blown out ad. I have to do, no, just reach out to the people you already have and get them to be your first clients. Those people are going to not be as judgmental. Those people are going to want to pay you. And by the time they pay you, even if it's small, you now have those testimonials. And that was really how I started my business. And over the last, I started in 2016, this is going to be my fifth year by November. But over the last five years, I have changed the direction of my business three times. The first time was in 2017, and that was when my country went into recession. Now that I had to make a shift because I was already going into debt. Number one, um, our currency fell against the dollar and I had gotten some jobs already. I was owing Facebook in dollars. Meanwhile, I did not have the money because now my currency wasn't, wasn't enough. So the big shift we had to make um, in 2017 was we had to decide, either we decide to sell only products that we create or we serve only international clients. Mm -hmm. And that, that was how I started looking for international clients. And for the whole 2017, I did not get international clients. I was getting small gigs on Fiverr, $5, $20. I think the highest I got was about $200. But in 2018, I took a step. And I, and I bought a, a program and that program was a cold pitching program. And that month it was in March to April, my husband and I, cause he also left his job because because of the recession, no one was paying well and people were losing right. their job. So both of us sent out over 800 cold pitches and we did not get responses. It was so bad. And that was the first time I decided, you know what? I have nothing to lose. 
So I went into a lot of Facebook groups and I literally just spammed and I said, hey, I'm going to write you 10 blog posts for $500. If you want it, tell me. And, and a lot of group, you know, bad, they banned me. They, you know, chased me away and stuff. But I got one client. Mm-hmm. And that one client, eventually that year, we did business worth $20,000 together. The following year, we did business worth $20,000 together. And this is our fourth year. I think our third year working together. And this year, we're probably going to do up to $20,000 worth of business together you know the year is still not young maybe even more than that mm-hmm. but that made me realize that marketing and messaging sometimes has a wider reach right. than just cold pitching because cold pitching is easy for most people like you just send out cold pitches anyone it's a numbers game but with marketing what you're doing is you're sowing a seed now this seed may not you know no one it may not work now but over time it's going to germinate and there's something they call the compound effect mm-hmm. the more you put out value the more people are reaching out to you the more you start gaining gain the benefits the reason why a lot of people fail in this is because they spend so much time worrying about why it's not working and they're never really putting out all the work they need to get it to work in the first place mm-hmm. which is why many people still resort to cold pitching because like oh you know i sent out 30 pitches today and i'm good but a marketing message, you're not really sure. How many people saw it? What if it doesn't work? Like it's it's more there's there's more room for you to say it's not working than when you send a cold pitch to one person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that is really how I started coaching because I started thinking like if this could help me, then it could help other people. Mm-hmm. But I was still not coaching when I first discovered it. Instead, I was using it to get copywriting clients for myself. But when I had my son, a day to my delivery date, I was in the hospital writing out emails because I had gotten a, a gig to write out Facebook posts and emails for um, a gold company, something like that. So I was in the hospital writing emails and I was due, due to give birth the following day. And at the time I was meant to give birth, my blood pressure was so high. I could not go into labor. So I had to have an emergency cesarean section. And that got me thinking again, like, fine, now that I'm having clients, but this work is so much, it's not going to work for me. If I really want to enjoy being a mom, I can't be doing copywriting gigs. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work for me. It's taking too much time and too much effort. And that's what made me transition into coaching. Nice. What a journey. (laughs) Thank you for sharing with us, you know, and I really felt inspired and listening to you into, you know, how you got the thought at such a young age, you know, telling yourself that, you know, I want to be like Oprah. Oprah was that inspiration to you of something you know for yourself you can become. You're not going to be her, but you are going to present yourself as someone who could be like her, you know, because she has the potentials and she is doing something to help other people grow in their, you know, areas of expertise and you know, you have it. And, you know, the fact that you already knew that at such a young age, that you have it in you, you just haven't discovered it yet, but it's there that put, you know, like you said, it's like seeding at an early age. And when you got into 
university to working and you know being around those who could help you evolve even more it allows you to open up your mindset even more to say okay you know what if i can do it for people i can do it for myself so hearing you along the journey of doing it for yourself and able to allow yourself to pivot because a lot of times we get stuck into pivoting when we see things are not going you know the way we planned it's so hard to just say uh should i pivot to another thing what should i do and we don't allow ourselves to hear voices like you said to hear the voice coming into you to hear that inspiration to hear yourself be told that it's okay and here you are you're in your journey hearing yourself hearing that voice saying no you can still do other things there's more to it so i really love that and i love the fact that you said a lot of times we get stuck into kind of doing the small things thinking that the small things are going to help us and afraid of taking risk because that's what it is you took risk and the risk took you where you needed to be where you landed and when people are I know I had gotten stuck many times in, you know, pitching ads and all that. I've tried to run ads on Facebook. It, to me, it was overwhelming because, you know, the aspect of gaining that organic con um, connection was removed. You know, Facebook took it out and it does not allow people to really show their authenticity. Instead, it had to push us to do things, you know, outside of our being, outside of, you know, what we believe. So having you making those shifts in your life helped you to help other women now understand that, yeah, there is still other, you know, that organic approach to reaching out to the people you really want to serve. Because first of all, we need to know who we want to serve, right? Are you able to discover the, the the group that you really need to work with what what did you do <laughs> to identify the, the group that you really needed to work with okay so for me is i the way i niched down was based on the problem now and again when we're talking about pivoting i'm pivoting again um I'm trying to expand my focus to not only messaging and content because i realized earlier last year that Messaging and content is not going to take me to a 500k year. Mm -hmm. It's something I want, but it's not going to take me there. And I said that, you know, I'm going to expand to talk about business structure and things because I've worked in admin for radio and radio screen. But anyway, moving on from, you know, talking about just business and everything. Um, let's talk a bit about, you know, what you said about Facebook ads. The first time I ran Facebook ads, I'm currently banned from running Facebook ads. <laughs> Because when I started my business, my e-commerce business, I was selling adult products on Facebook and I, mm. my ads were really converting. And the reason why is because I was always using story ads. Mm -hmm. So for example, if I'm selling something for women, I'd say, and, I, and the thing is, let me not lie, I was playing on people's insecurities. So I'd say, you know, you need this so your husband doesn't look out. And people were like, yes, yes, I need it. I don't want it to go. And I was targeting only married women. So the reason because I knew, you know, the thing is most times we, when we're thinking of who do I want to serve, we're thinking, 
Who do I like the most? Who do I vibe the most with? The truth is who you want to service, who has the problem the most, mm-hmm. and who will pay the most to solve that problem. Mm-hmm. And for me, at that time when I was selling my adult products, because they were for women, the people who had the problem the most were women above 35 who were married. I wasn't mm-hmm. 35. I was in my 20s, <laughs> early 20s. But these women were both 35. They were married. I had a lot of friends. And even till now, most of my friends are at least 20 years older than me. I had a lot of them. And we're talking about, you know, the issues they have, the insecurities they have. Because most women, when they cross 35, they start being insecure about their bodies, insecure about, you know, the way their spouses feel about them if they're married. And I played on all those insecurities because I knew that that was my target market. Now, most people want to talk to people that they like. If I decided to sell my adult products to people who are my age, uh, like people who are 21, 22, they're not going to buy it. Because at that point, they don't have those insecurities. They probably are not even feeling the problem as much as women who have been married for years and are feeling that, you know, the love and emotion is going down and they need something to spice it up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, and the same with my coaching business. Who do I target? I target people who have the problem the most mm-hmm. and have enough money to spend and actually spend money. So one thing I say is follow the money. What are people currently spending money on? Mm-hmm. For example, I noticed last year that people spend money on intensives. So I decided to offer intensives. Um, I noticed people spend money on group programs. And what people who spend money the most on group programs, they're also coaches. Mm-hmm. So if you notice that your markets, the people who spend the most money are in a particular age group, then those are the people that you market to. You don't market people who don't spend money already. You don't try to create a market. What you want to do is you want to tap into an existing market and carve your niche out of that existing market. So let's say you're, you're into branding, for example. You don't want to talk to someone who doesn't believe in having a website. You'd rather want to work with someone who has a thriving business and who feels the only thing stopping them from getting to corporate is because they don't have a great brand. That person, for that person, that not having a great brand may be a $100,000 problem. For someone who's just starting out, who just wants to like put something together on Fiverr, it's maybe a $100 problem. Who do you think is going to be willing to shell out $5,000 for, for branding? <laughs> So that's, that's really how I feel the ideal client is. You have mm-hmm. to look at who is it costing the most to have this problem mm-hmm. and then talk to that person. Talk about the person's insecurities, talk about the person's dreams and aspirations. Not only the insecurities, you also want to talk about the dreams and aspirations because they have the problem. They're feeling the pain right now. And if you can solve that problem for them, they're willing to pay anything to solve that problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. And oh, hold on a second. Let me just. I love what you shared. And, it, you know, one of the things that um, I recall when we worked together, I learned about understanding better the problem that the people are going to, you know, and sometimes we get stuck into trying to help those who already got it you know, and not realize that, you know, the ones that really need it, they just, they need it, but they don't know how to reach out to the help. So therefore look out for them and help them, 
you know, get unstuck from that mindset and guide them through. So as I'm listening to you, I, and I was laughing at your, your adults, <laughs> you know, success <laughs> that you, you brought into and hearing that you got banned from ads. I've never heard that. That's a good one. I know Facebook usually, you know, gelled people for, you know, spamming, but, um, it really brought that rel you know, is that that light bulb flickering on top of my head to really help others who are in here listening to you to know how important it is, you know, to not get stuck in that mindset of may it's, it's not going to work or, you know, let me target this specific person, whereas they may not be the fit. So what I gathered is that we all, we, sometimes we have to understand that we, if it doesn't fit, it's okay to let go and just look for the right one and the right ones that fit. What do you say on that? Well, and what I, what I think that is, it really depends on the perspective. Um, I think the reason why a lot of people struggle with niching down and finding who to serve is because we're looking at the problem from the eyes of an expert. So let me explain. Um, and I'm going to use like, you know, pregnancy. So when a woman is pregnant, and she has, you know, high blood pressure. They say she has gestational hypertension. Now, when I was pregnant, I had gestational. My first pregnancy, I had gestational hypertension. Now to the doctor, when he said it, if the doctor was writing a sales page about gestational hypertension, I write gestational hypertension, I probably would not know that was what I was going through. Mm -hmm. Because the way the doctor is seen from his perspective, that's the problem. He identifies, this is the problem, the, pro the reason why she has it is because she's pregnant and her blood pressure is high. Simple. Mm -hmm. But for the patients at that time, what the problem was for me was I was having headaches. Mm -hmm. I was feeling dizzy. I was tired. My labor wasn't coming. The labor wasn't progressing. I wasn't dilating fast. I was scared. My heart was beating faster. If he wrote a sales page with all those symptoms, I'd say yes. You know, that's exactly how I feel. But the thing is, most times when we talk about, you know, the problem we solve, we're talking about it from our own perspective. Mm -hmm. We're saying it like, for example, if I want to talk about my own, I would say, if you have, if your messaging doesn't work well, if your messaging doesn't fit. But the thing is, the person I'm writing to or I'm talking to, if it's a live video or is in Clubhouse, the person is not thinking, does my message fit or not? The person is thinking, I've been writing posts all day for the last one month and I've not signed a single client. Mm -hmm. I've downloaded templates. I'm using those templates. I'm not signing a single client. Okay. I did a, a, a weeks ago. Nobody signed up with me. That's the problem they're facing right now. But we are seeing the problem from our own perspective. And the more you see a problem from your perspective, the harder it is for you to niche down because you can't really say who really has the problem. Because you're only seeing it, you're seeing it as the experts. Right. You're not seeing it like them you're not in that room which is why a lot of coaches will recommend you know talk to your ideal clients find out what they feel listen to them so that you can be in that room with them and you can see exactly what they're going through right now and Nadej, let me use an example from your business your confidence coach and an amazing one at that but for someone who is lacking confidence saying you know if you lack confidence is not a clear problem mm -hmm. because they're probably not sleeping at night and saying oh my god i lack confidence Right, but right. they're saying, you know, I want to ask for a raise, but I'm scared. Every single time I'm 
every single time I speak in the boardroom, my voice just sees and I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. I'm not able to do presentations because once I stand, I feel like I should sit down. You know, I feel inferior in my office because I'm the only woman and it's like, oh. mm-hmm. you know, and those mm-hmm. are the things they're feeling right now in their, in their lives, in their business, depending on where they are. Right. And that's the problem they're facing. If you talk about, you know, the problem from your view, they can't relate. And you also cannot decide who's the best person because you're only seeing the problem as the expert. Mm-hmm. And you're not seeing the problem from the faces or from the sides of the, from the views of those people who are really facing the problem now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oops, juicy. <laughs> well, ladies and gents, take notes from Lola because these are good juice that she just dropped on us, you know for us to know and you know you are absolutely right because we always come in as we see ourselves as the expert and we use those big terms that oftentimes the people who are really going through to the pains they don't read it in that terms they want something you know very simple just so it can really hit you know, and for them to say, oh yeah, that's what I have. That's the problem that I have. That's the pain that I have. So um, in what Lola is telling us to do is look into the, the problem and look into our approach because we are always gonna be the expert, but we have to present it to help those people and make it simple for them because, you know, I had to learn the hard way that, you know, the, the words, they could be you know, great words, but if it doesn't suit their level of understanding, they're never gonna get it, you know? And that's what all of us who are solopreneur, entrepreneurs, coaches, who on, in this platform listening, you need to get is knowing that, you know, the people that you are here to serve, they are not in the level of comprehension and understanding as you. So you have to dissect it even more, break it down more for them to really understand what is it we do and how we can help them serve the problem they are going through. any tips you want additional tips you want to leave us with before we ask you for any further question okay so thank you Nadej <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for having me and thank you anyone who's watching who's listening because this is amazing for you to listen this far it means you're really committed to your business and you're committed to actually improving your life which is great um, one other thing I want to add is that, you know, business is not a sprint, it's a marathon. I was, there's this guy I follow on Twitter, can't remember his name, but every single day he posts, you know, all this Fortune 500 companies, billion dollar companies, and posts them for like 10 years. And you realize that where they were 10 years ago is not where they are now. The reason why a lot of people find it hard and struggle to succeed is because they give up before they get to the breaking point before they get to the point where they're really going to start getting success. Because just when it's getting hard, they say, you know what? 
I'm not doing this anymore. Let me just go get a job. Mm-hmm. You know, and and the problem with that is you can't really get anything if you don't put in the work. If you don't stay there, if you don't prove that this I'm going to be there. And that's why you have all these stats of, you know, um 50% of businesses fail in their first year. You know, all these stats but no one is looking at the businesses that don't fail. Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. don't they fail? What I've realized over the last five years of running my own business, and um, this one of my clients is a multi-millionaire mm-hmm. in dollars, and she's making she's really rich. But one thing I learned from her is she has been in this game for the last 15 years. She didn't make her first million in the first five years. Mm-hmm. But the moment she crossed the number, so this is how I see it. When you first start, you're going to be hustling to cross the $10,000 mark for your, you know, to have the 10K month. And then when you have the first 10K month, you may go down again, you know, and then 10K month to be like, you know, that's what, you know, strive against have a 20. And then one day you just realize that you had a hundred K months. And before you know it, things start working out. But the problem is most people give up before they have that 10 K months. They come and they say, you know, oh my God, business is so hard. You know, the industry, and I know sometimes life happens and, you know, people can give up for different reasons. And I'm not talking about, you know, if there was a death in the family, if there was a serious crisis, if you had to feed kids at home, I'm not talking about those life or death situations where you really have to make a choice to leave your business because other people depend on you. I'm talking about you just giving up on your business because you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm, Instead mm-hmm. of giving up on your business, pivot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Try something else. Do something else. Um, my dad used to say this, you can never punish anyone. He said, because every single time there's a challenge or there's a problem, the person learns something new. Mm-hmm. So, for mm-hmm. example, and I was sharing my story that I lost my mom at 10 and me and my stepmom didn't vibe. I think we didn't vibe until I was about 21. We're never friends. We're always having issues. I hated going home. I hated my whole house and everything. But one thing that helped me do was that helped me get independent at an early age. Mm-hmm. I already knew what I wanted. I knew the kind of family I wanted. I knew the kind of career I wanted. I knew what I wanted as a woman. Because one of my one of my fights, my stepmom was always, um, why don't you like doing stuff around the house? Why don't you like cleaning and everything? And I used to tell her that I'm going to be rich enough to hire a maid. And she said, what if your husband doesn't want you to work? I said, I'm not going to marry a man who's not going to let me work. <laughs> and that was always our main argument because my stepmom is a really traditional woman and I am not. I like, I like being free. I like being able to do stuff. I love cooking, but not all the time. <laughs> so I, 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 I really learned a lot, even from that tragedy. We all can learn stuff when things happen to us. But mm-hmm. if, you leave, if you leave the game, by the time things start working out, you're out of it. And I'll share an experience. In 2016, my husband had Bitcoin. And I told him, you know, Bitcoin is going to die. Like, Bitcoin is nothing. It's... It's rubbish. You can't see it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and I convinced him to sell all his Bitcoin. And he sold it for oh about... Gosh. I think he sold it for about $500 or so. 
And then I used the money to buy a slimming kit. And I never used the slimming kit. And and years later, Bitcoin went to 17,000 and Bitcoin kept on rising. And every single time I look at my husband, <laughs> I'm thinking, this guy would have been thinking rich. And I'm the one who stopped. So, so sometimes we give up too early. We say, you know, this isn't going to work. And we just pull out. When instead we could pivot. Now, if you still have to, maybe for some reason, go back to your nine to five, you could still have a side hustle. Mm-hmm. The thing is always have something that is your own. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, when I was growing up, my daddy used to say something. He said, learn to mind your own business. So always have something that's your own, especially as women. Because mm-hmm. what we don't know is our kids, if you have kids, your kids are watching you. Mm-hmm. Now, Oprah doesn't have kids, but she didn't know that, you know, she was influencing some young lady mm-hmm. down in Africa. She was just doing her own thing. Because for women, every single time a woman stands out, like Kamala Harris just stood out, she's mm-hmm. becoming an inspiration for other women. Because mm-hmm. the world is used to seeing men win, mm-hmm. but not women win. The only times we see women win is in modeling or acting or things that, you know, require talent. But when it comes to business, when the world sees a woman win, what that does is that opens the doors for other women. Mm-hmm, so you can't mm-hmm. give up on your business because it's not about you. It's not about, you know, just you and, you know, me and my family, I just want to have five kids. It's not about you. It's about the women, the girls who are watching you, who are mm-hmm. saying, I want to see if you're going to give up. I want, this is my, this person I'm looking up to. And mm-hmm. the moment you win, you'd be surprised how many other women are going to win because you just won. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's the powerful thing women were the real influencers if we give up the world gives up yes yes oh drop it drop the mic <laughs> you nailed it awesome oh my goodness i got chilled lola <laughs> thank you so much that has been inspiration day to day oh my god i i Thank you so much. And I'm hoping those of you listening, you are, you actually took notes from everything that was shared to you tonight, uh, wherever you are in this world that you know that what was shared is inspiration for you to start inspiration for you not to give up because we get, and I could hear you on that. There has been times where I had to, I had said to myself, I think I'm gonna live it, you know, and cried it out. But yet there's that push, there's that motivation that keep going and saying, okay, well, don't give up. Because sometimes you, we have to be honest with ourselves to know that we are the one that gets ourselves stuck. And when we accept it, now what are we gonna do about it? And I come to realization that, you know, as we grow, as I grow, I cannot just give up because the, there was a reason for my calling. There was a purpose for my calling, which is coming in and help inspire, help teach, help, you know, other women build themselves to be at their best. So as a leadership coach, as an executive leadership coach, a personal development coach, a confidence coach, it must be my place and a teacher for many years, I must continue the journey and I don't stop. So if you're hearing Lola saying that to you, do not stop your way from growth, then 
you cannot stop your way from growth. You have to keep going because entrepreneurship is not, you know, diamond from the tree where you just go like an apple tree and you grab some apple and you think that's what it is. No, it's the process of learning, the process of creating, the process of accepting what works, the process of being told no's many times that gets us to one yes and the one yes can always nail it because you it, it will take you to having the empire that you're trying to establish and today oh my gosh we were inspired <laughs> so lola we are wrapping up where can people in the audience find you when they if they want to work with you Okay, so I'm really active on Facebook. My name is Lolaya Femi. Um, I'm active on Instagram at Lolaya Femi. <laughs> I'm active on Clubhouse. Well, I just joined Clubhouse. Yes, like she's in Clubhouse, people. <laughs> I just joined like three days ago, so I'm still like looking around and you know stepping around, seeing what's going on. But I'm on Clubhouse still at Lolaya Femi. Um, everywhere it's the same name, um, and you can check the spelling from that edge. <laughs> Yes. Just in case you can't stop it. But you know, the thing is, I'm, I'm there and I, I'm always available. One thing about me is I don't do free coaching, but if you have a question, I could answer it for you. Mm -hmm. So, and, and especially if, you know, you're a woman and you feel like you need to get unstuck. Mm -hmm. One thing about me is if you have a question and you want to get unstuck, I'm really good at helping people see that big picture i have a kind of a bird's eye view kind of thing i never realized it until someone pointed that like you know you could put yourself in other people's shoes mm -hmm. so kind of like an empath kind of thing mm -hmm. i hope you get what i mean yes. but the, the thing <laughs> is um, if you have a question reach out to me yes i run a program but i don't know if you're a good fit reach out mm -hmm. to me mm -hmm. let's talk about stuff let me see where you are let me help you if you're stuck with your marketing or your sales or your messaging. Just send me a message and I'll answer you awesome. on any of those platforms. Awesome. Well, I'll be live this evening. Come and check my live on Clubhouse and have some conversation, Lola. Well, to those of you who are listening, I'm hoping that you took great value from what Lola has shared with us. And I am wishing you a wonderful um weekend because that's what it is we want you to be inspired and take the step just so as you are getting into your business mindset into your entrepreneurial setting into your personal life building you're also acknowledging that don't stop you're not stopping because it's gonna be hard you know you'll beat yourself up but what we don't want for you is to punish yourself by beating yourself up, but instead learn from everything, all the challenges that you have gone through so far. So it was Unleashed Unapologetically with Nadej and Lola today. Good afternoon, good night, good day, wherever you are. Thank you.